0: The Men's Room, a talk sport podcast in partnership with Toolstation. From masculinity to mental health, friendship to fatherhood, join Tom Skinner and Neil Razor-Ruddock for the podcast that gets to the nuts and bolts of what it really means to be a man. Listen and follow now via your preferred podcast portal. The Men's Room, in partnership with Toolstation. Save 5% on everything you need for a whole month with the new Toolstation Club. Join today online, in-store, or via the app. Now hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the bypassal Rise plug sale.
1: The most important thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to Ertz and the channel has been Bingus at the bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
2: Er, uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.
3: Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me on the the pitch at St George's here in Port Elizabeth, Jared Kimber. Jared, here we are, head of the third test and... You know, after uh, uh, going to Centurion for the first time, Super Sport Park, and then Cape Town, I a mean, lot's spoken about Newlands. I was just starting to have this feeling, you know, that I think South Africa can boast the best cricket grounds in world cricket. And uh, we've arrived here in Port Elizabeth, oldest cricket ground in the country. I'm still not disappointed until I look at the commentary box, which is, looks like it's made out of balsa wood. But we're sitting in there. We don't have to look at it. Uh, this is a, a pretty special little ground.
1: It's one of my favourite cricket grounds in the world.
3: Newlands I like, but Newlands has the table. A bit mix. commercial, isn't it? It's a bit of a going on about Lords. This, I think, is a little bit like the Oval. Compared, if you're going to make comparisons, Newlands is Lords and Port Elizabeth is the Oval. Purely as a cricket ground, I think this is better than
1: Newlands. It just doesn't have a whopping great big mountain behind it. Um, but it's be- I, I love the, the old stand. That's where the band will play. And it's, it's still got the old flat wooden seating, which I, I know, look. Honestly, if I was sitting on it, I probably wouldn't like it. But, and I have sat on it many times. Um,
3: Good to look at. Not so great to sit on. Yeah,
1: I've, I've sat on it through a couple of World Cup games. Um,
3: but then it's got the great stand at the end. It's got the grass bank. And, you know, it, it was... I tell you what, though. Let me just stop you there. If you're an estate agent, you'd call that a grassy bank and you'd sell it as a feature. But it's, it reminds me a little bit of the grassy scrubland that you get at Port of Spain. It's not quite like that, is it? I mean, it's literally... In fact, it's not even a bank. You know, it's not even a grassy knoll. It's an extension of the pitch. Um, but yeah, technically, if you are selling it to a to a London market, you'd make most, you'd make quite a lot of the grassy bank. But it's not quite like that.
1: There's grass here, is yeah. what I'm saying. Um, look, it's an incredible ground. I came here for the 2003 World Cup, and Chris Cairns uh, kept hitting the ball out on the road um, out out here, which was over my head. They used to put a temporary stand up there for the World Cup. Um, I sat in that stand over there behind the band for a, a whole game. Um, well, a couple of times, um, saw Brett Lee get really involved in, in a sledge. I just really love it. It feels like a Proper cricket ground, you know when you play the cricket games online and they have the realistic grounds. this is one of the grounds I always used to pick because it just looks like a cricket ground should look and it 's a brilliant place to watch cricket with you know it doesn 't need a mountain is all i 'm saying
3: One of my favorite features are the brick sentry almost like sentry posts, which house two of the floodlights i 'm trying to work out it 's almost like you 're at the opera, you know the posh seats which we will never ever sit in, you know looking over looking out onto the actual stage itself where royalty sit. It's kind of like them, but I can't believe that actually is them. It more, looks more like it may be a walkway.
1: Looks like where Statler and Waldorf would sit during the Muppets. Um, it's also got the, um, the old scoreboards where the people can go into them. There's not much information on it, but again, there's, there's a lot of really good touches. And can I mention also that the the uh, the logo that they have for the actual um, the association here is an elephant on a pair of stumps. So they've they've got a lot of the little details right that I like. That sounds
3: like it could be a ch- part of a chess set, doesn't it? And of course, Graham Pollock Pavilion as well. You know, the names associated with this ground are uh, absolutely top notch as well. Are You're right about that little. It's like a little box, isn't it? The scoreboard, um, almost like they've finished the cricket ground. They've gone. Oh, we forgot to put a scoreboard in. Where are we going to put it? I'll just put it up there and we'll work, about, work it out later. Um, great little grounds. First place they played rugby here as well, international rugby in South Africa. So again, a little nod to the Oval. First place that they played international cricket. Um, last place that they played international cricket, I think, before uh, uh, sporting teams were banned from touring here. So what can we expect from this test match then? Let's we have a little look at the pitch, because when I got here earlier, it was covered in... Um not sure if it was tarpaulin, but certainly was covered. It's it's uh, not covered now. Bloody hell, that looks like Well, it looks uh brown. It looks very <laughs> it looks like a, it's like a hippo would live in it.
1: It looks very brown. Uh, look, traditionally it plays very slow. Neil Manthorpe's told me that they're trying to make it quicker. Um, I haven't gone quite into the dancer of it at the moment, but it's known. I, mean, I, I think one of their South African players was interviewed last night and he mentioned the word slow 19 times. Uh, it's, a, it's a slow surface in uh, traditionally. And uh, remember, I've seen some of the dull, like You know how much I've talked up the ground. I've seen some of the dullest...
3: Um, is he doing push-ups? He's doing with? miserable huck push-ups. Is one of the ground staff. I'm not sure what he's done, but essentially at the top of the run-up, not the top of the run-up, it's just behind where the umpire would stand. He's, one of the gentlemen is about 19, 20. He's struggling now. 21, 22. What's he doing? What's what's the punishment? What's he done?
1: <laughs> Why has he done push-ups?
3: <laughs> no, They're they competing. They're competing. Who wins? You win? Me, I win. You win. <laughs> so there you go. A little bit of a competition uh, between the ground stuff about who can do the most push-ups, um, so with this ground, there's a little bit of rain forecast. Actually, one thing we didn't mention about it, you can feel the breeze coming in from the sea. You know, when you t- when you go through uh, modern cricket grounds, and one of the big we moan a lot about it, the fact is that you can't walk up to the ground. A lot of them are situated out of town, especially in India. Um, here, slap bang in the middle of town, right by the sea. Uh, the walking crowd is is more than uh, more than possible to entice if the cricket is attractive. Pitch might be slow, um, so you're thinking. Unless Manners has uh, got some inside information, we could be set for uh, a little bit of attritional cricket.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dean, I saw Dean Elgar about here once, and uh, geez, it was slow. <laughs> uh, he was slow. The pitch was slow. Uh, it's slowed down actual time. Time and space may have stopped for a little while. So, look, that's what you traditionally go for. Um, you know, we'll have a deeper look into the stats as we come into it to see if things have changed a little bit. But, you know, this this is a wicket that has been played a l- very similar for a very long time. Look, it's a beautiful place to come and watch cricket and to, as you said, the breeze comes in. Uh, my hairdresser this morning said it gets windier in the afternoon, so if you want expert local knowledge, bang. Um and, you know, it is, it is an incredible place when, you know, once you get the band going and uh, mm. uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But the cricket is sometimes uh, more on the turgid side.
3: A little bit more 1889, <laughs> um, which is when the first test was played here. Uh, Andrew McKenna has been out and about uh, catching up with England's Ollie Pope.
0: Looking forward then to Port Elizabeth. There is a bowling spot available in the Fast Bowlers with, with Jimmy having gone home. You tend to find that when that's the situation, net suddenly becomes a lot more competitive as everyone comes charging in, trying to get that spot for themselves. As a batsman, have you noticed that this week that there's been a bit more, a bit more on it from the fast bowlers as they try and convince Joe and and Chris that they're the person to to take Jimmy's spot?
2: Um, I think, especially probably if they're bowling at Ruti, they might they might see it as that. Um, I've only really faced the the guys who are currently sort of playing but it's you can definitely tell there's a li- there's a little bit of competition about but I think that's a really healthy thing um if it gets you if it gets you fired up in the nets and if it gets you training at that intensity that you want to be you want to be training at then I think that's awesome for for the squad to have and it just probably even increases that level of performance in the in the nets and hopefully in the game as well so yeah potentially but uh, I think it's a really good thing
0: said, so from the batsman's point of view, if you're getting, what, 30, 40 minutes in a net session against that, you must come out of it almost, almost thinking, well, if I can cope with that, I can cope with anything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, they've got, they've got a very good attack as well with some good pace and some good skills in there. So I think the more you train, the more you get used to facing that in the nets. It's only going to be a positive when you get out on the pitch. So, yeah, I think it's a real good thing.
0: There's been a lot of talk about the New England approach if the top three are going to be solid, bat time, see off the new ball, there's going to be opportunities for you guys in the middle order, isn't there? It, it, it seems fairly a simple approach and it actually seems fairly basic cricket.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's obviously a work in progress. It's not something that happens overnight. We know, we know exactly how we want to go about our cricket. And like you said, if the top three can bat some time and then almost let us stroke players, I say stroke players, not that they're not as well, but um if if we we've we've got a good base and we can go out and play play like we play like we want to in the middle, then brilliant, but I think at the same time, if not, and if we do lose a few early ones, we've still got that ability that going all the way down the order to sort of drag that back and I feel like everyone can sort of put in those long long beginnings now um which is which is a good thing, but yeah, like i said it's it's work in progress. We're we're just trying to get better and better, which is um, which is a good thing. And obviously we've got still quite a few I'm I've only played Probably five games. Sibbs hasn't played many. Zach's not played many. So we're learning. We're learning quickly. We're trying to get as good as we can as quickly as we can. But um, the more established we get, hopefully, the better that will that, that will become. So
3: Ollie Pope speaking to Andrew McKenna. Pope will of course play. There is question marks over the uh, makeup of the bowling attack. It seems to me that it's either going to be Mark Wood, um, Chris Wokes, or Jofra Archer. I guess this is the kind of pitch if it is as dead as you say, you're gonna probably be going erring towards pace rather than containment, yeah. would you say? No, I see
1: I I I looked up the stats, um, I think it was the last four years of test matches here and because KP kept talking about how you want more pace in in, in PE and I kept looking at the guys that you would consider to be really quick and Stark didn't do very well here. Um, Chamira, the um, Sri Lankan, didn't do very well. I mean, that's not to say that pace hasn't worked here as well, but it, it, there's nothing in the numbers that suggest you would go with pace. I would think on a wicket like this, you want patience, and you probably want a little bit of bounce. Now, Anderson would be perfect for that, but maybe Wokes and Broad are the, the more more obvious ones with one of the quicks. Um, you still got Stokes if you need a little bit of extra pace. I'm not sh- sure you need three blokes bowling 90 miles an hour if it's a bit of a pudding that's, uh, that doesn't go doesn't go very far. But I, I could be wrong. But it just to me, I think people are reading it slightly wrong at the moment. I'm not sure you want two guys who's not exactly on top of their line and length on a pitch like this, but
3: may- maybe I'm wrong. Well, on that topic, uh, Andrew McKenna also caught up with the South African number 3, Zubaya Hamza. It's like England
0: might replace James Anderson with either Mark Wood or, or Jofra Archie, go with outright pace. Would that be an issue for South Africa? Um,
1: I think we've trained pretty well with regards to pace, and in the nets, we've kind of been uh, pretty constructive uh, in terms of our preparation towards pace and swing bowling
0: and spin. So hopefully we've prepared well enough um, for whatever we might face in the middle. Archer is a very different bowler to Wood, though. Does that does that maybe you have to make last-minute uh, adjustments to, to the team plans when you get the team confirmed which one of them it'll be?
1: Um, I, th- I think that might be the case. Uh, we've done... Pretty good preparation off the field in terms of analysis as as a batting unit, and I'm sure we'll continue to do so later today when we have a batters meeting.
3: We're all South Africa here. I'm not really one for momentum. I know that Ollie Pope believes in it, and uh, so does Andrew McKenna. I don't really. Um, whatever happens, we've got uh, we can It's almost like nil nil two to play, isn't it? I'm quite excited though. I know not always excited about Test cricket, but I'm excited about this one. I think England have played. I think South Africa have almost played nearly as good as they can do. And England haven't. And I think South Africa might look back at Cape Town and see it was an opportunity missed. Not to win the test, but certainly to draw it.
1: Yeah, no, look, you're definitely right there. I I think that uh, South Africa came out and played almost their best cricket in Centurion. And then they struggled a bit in Cape Town. It'd be interesting to see how this pitch will test the new mindset of the England players. Uh, especially perhaps guys like Sibley and uh, you know, the very defensive minded. But but as a general rule, you you would have to say that um England are, I think, slightly the better team with these two. But but maybe it's a bit like the Ashes where it ended up two all. I think Australia with a better team, but away, the best you can still end up with is a draw, unless you're m- in the better team in every way. To be fair to England, uh, half their team aren't here at the moment.
3: They're also a very young team, aren't they? If you look at the ages of Zach Crawley, Dominic Sibley, Sam Curran, uh, they're a young side. They, they, the consistency probably isn't there. But um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow, actually. Uh, Joe Root and Faf Blissey, Um will both be speaking ahead of the third Test match. Joe Root, one of the few England players who actually made it to the ground today, maybe one day behind in terms of training. Uh, he came here for uh, a next session. So uh, uh, it'll be fascinating to hear what he has to say. It'll be fascinating to hear what the team is. Will he let us know? He doesn't normally. So uh, you'll just have to check back with us tomorrow or, of course, after today's play on day one here in the third test match to find out. Uh, yesterday, if you are listening, I did promise you an interview between uh, Ben Stokes and Darren Gough. That will have to wait until after the uh, third test match is done and dusted. I hope you understand, but for now, that's pretty much it. You've been listening to the following on Podcast Review and subscribe on Acast iTunes or Spotify, and thanks for listening.
0: The Men's Room, a talk sport podcast in partnership with Toolstation. From masculinity to mental health, friendship to fatherhood, join Tom Skinner and Neil Razor-Ruddock for the podcast that gets to the nuts and bolts of what it really means to be a man. Listen and follow now via your preferred podcast portal. The Men's Room, in partnership with Toolstation. Save 5% on everything you need for a whole month with the new Toolstation Club. Join today online, in-store, or via the app. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns.
1: Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you.
0: Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Biparsal Rise plug sale.
1: The most important
2: thing is what? Sorry.
0: The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bingbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine.
2: Uh yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.